Iowa football and the Iowa athletic department continues to think we're dumb. We're not going to let that happen. Our Locked on Hawkeyes, your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, welcome in. I'm Trent Condon, and this is the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. Thanks for making Locked On Hawkeyes your first listen each and every day. We're available wherever you get your podcasts, Apple, Stitcher, Google, you name it. We are there, Spotify, and you can also find us on YouTube. While you're there, hit that subscribe button as we work our way to 2,000. That's right, looking for 2,000 subscribers before we get to March Madness, and hopefully we'll see the Hawkeyes there. Well, this conversation today is not about March Madness is not about the matchup against number one Purdue coming up on Thursday. Not the top five battle in women's basketball with the Hawkeyes taking on Indiana. No, we're back to football once again. And the same old story. That is right. It is about the offensive coordinator. Today's episode of the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast is brought to you by FanDuel. FanDuel Sportsbook, their official sportsbook of Lockdown. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash on today to get started. Let's get started here with what we found out today. An amendment was made to the contract for offensive coordinator Brian Ferentz of the Iowa football team. And I'll be honest, when this first came down, I see the headline. I get the, the inbox directive in my email box, the press release, and I see just the beginning of it. And I see Brian Ferentz's name. And for a moment, my heart skipped a beat and I got excited. Oh, is it happening? Is he departing? Is he looking at new opportunities? No, instead, it is an amendment. So it comes down and you're reading through it. And you see, first of all, the cut and pay. All right. So he goes from $900,000 to $850,000. Oh, right. Really tough. I don't know how Bry Dog's going to get this done this year, but. Boy, he'll have to find a way. I know cost of living in North Liberty is incredibly high, but I'm sure he will find a way. Now, somebody like me that works on radio, yeah, $50,000, that's impactful. Somebody that's making nearly a million dollars, though, not so much. Not only that, my dad's bank account a little bit different than his dad. Of course, my dad didn't get me in this business. My dad was a truck driver. That aside, here we are. And then we have what they're calling... Designated performance objectives. The designated performance objectives that he needs to hit for 2023 on the football field. Brian Ferentz, in order to maintain his job, has to average at least 25 points per game and a minimum of seven wins. That's right. Not the highest of bars here. We're not talking about reinventing the wheel, but he has something. He has something that he has to hit or his contract will be terminated. Now, does that mean that he has gone from the University of Iowa and the athletic department, the football program? Well, not necessarily. I mean, let's just play out a couple of scenarios here. Well, let's be honest. Iowa goes 10 and 2, loses to Penn State, loses another game, say Wisconsin. They get to the Big Ten Championship game, they lose it there. They go 10 and 3. And then they go to a bowl game, pretty good bowl game. Let's say they go to the Citrus Bowl. Let me lose that one. And at the end of the season, you add up the numbers. Iowa, with another 10-4 and season, like they did two years ago, the offense averages, not the offense, the team 
averages 24.5 points per game. Yes, his contract will be terminated, but you don't think that Kirk is going to find a way to bring him back? Look at the improvement that they show. Come on. I, I think we know that though this is something that is factually in place, it doesn't mean that it's over. There is so much to get into today and, and a lot of frustration. So let's just start with the terminology that was thrown out here. Hey, has anybody seen anything like this before in college athletics, in athletics in general, where an offensive coordinator has certain parameters that they need to hit in order to keep their job? Absolutely not. It's not something that happens. It's not something that ha head coach. Sure. You got to get to a bowl game, right? We know that going into a season for a lot of teams, you you have to show improvement. Maybe you have to get to a championship. Whatever it is, it's different for all programs. But never do you have something like this in place for a coordinator. Offensive, defensive, doesn't matter. An assistant coach in basketball. A, a baseball coach. No, none of these things are going to happen. I mean, can you imagine the Iowa pitching coach? And you know what? If your ERA is north of four this year, sorry, you're fired. Come on. This doesn't happen anywhere. But they had to put this in place. They believed because it was so untenable. Well, here's the thing that you do. In any other industry, including the one we're talking about here, you fire the guy. The guy that sucked for six years at his job, he gets fired. Not here. So they come up with this. Again, the designated performance objectives. Now, in a prior life for me, before I went into radio full-time and doing the podcasting thing and everything else that I do in my realm, I was a teacher. I was a special education teacher, and what I dealt with a lot were IEPs. IEPs are something that you put in place. It's an individualized education program. When a student has special needs, you put this in place. It gives you some quantitative goals that you can put together, benchmarks, if you will, to hit for the student to show improvement, to show that what you're working on as they need individual care in order to hit some academic goals. I dealt with these on a day-to-day -day basis for a long time. I know all about them. Well, here we are. Hawkeye fans, Iowa football now has an IEP for their offensive coordinator. For all intents and purposes, that's what it is. He's our special needs student now, running the offense. He needs help. Absolutely unthinkable. That's where we are. That is what we're dealing with at this point in time. There's so many numbers and mistruths that have been thrown out here. And we go to this 25 points per game benchmark that they've thrown out. 25 points per game. This is not offensive. No, this is as the team. Well, the team, what they have done is they have continually put up huge numbers defensively, special teams. It also doesn't talk about field position that is generated. Go back to the Iowa State game. When Iowa gets the football, what, three times inside the 15-yard line and gets a touchdown out of the whole thing? I mean, you have that component that's also there, and Iowa can't take advantage. They have elite special teams. They have elite defense. They have a defense that scores points. They have special teams that score points for them. And again, this is still back to a team metric. It's nothing about the offense. Ultimately, it is about the team to hit that 25 points per game. Now, if they would have done that a year ago, well, first of all, it would have been Iowa State. They would have beat Illinois. It would have been a much different season if they could have done just that, hit those benchmarks in a couple more games a season ago. But think of this, 25 points per game. That would have put them 88th in the country this year in scoring offense. That's right, 88th, tied with Arkansas State. That's the goals that we're putting in place for Brian Ferentz. 25 points per game. 
to finish 88th in the country. Oh, and win seven games. Look, they score 25 points a game against the schedule that they have next year. They're winning seven games. They're probably winning 10 games if they get to that point. And you know what's going to happen? I was going to average 25 a game, and they're going to go 10 and 2. And Kirk is going to feel like he's got this thing absolutely figured out. He was right all along. Well, here's why he's not right. And here is what continually bothers me about this six-year regime of Brian Ferentz as the offensive coordinator is the missed opportunities. This year, the West was there for the taking. Two of the three years under Nate Stanley, they should have won the league. They were the best team in that division this year, but the offense held them back those seasons. That's what you're missing here. Yes, you've won a lot of games. You've won plenty of games, but here's the part. You could have won a lot more with somebody better at his job. You would have won more football games, and that was what left on the table. Iowa hasn't won a Big Ten championship since 2004. During this six-year run with somebody competent running the offense, I believe they would have won a Big Ten championship. They'd have more than one division title under their belt. They'd have, I believe, a minimum of three, probably four, if they had somebody even average as an offensive coordinator. Yet here we are. We got a lot more to dissect numbers that will absolutely blow you away when we look at things. And I continue to hear, well, it's Kirk's offense. This isn't Brian's fault. Well, we've told you the numbers in the past that make that not right. But Iowa plays at a slow tempo. They do. Yet another metric you can look at is yards per play. That will tell you another story as we continue here. This is the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. Oh, love Built Bars right now. In fact, uh, getting ready to go on vacation. Uh, I'll tell you, trying to stay a little healthier, eat a little healthier. When I got that sweet tooth, and it happens from time to time, Built Bar is the place to go. If you're looking for a delicious treat but don't want all those fat and calories, you got to try a Built Bar. What makes Built Bar so good? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. Great flavors also, churro, peanut butter brownie. I love that one. Coconut almond. I'm not sure how Bilt does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. And what's even better, they are healthy. Only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and 17 grams of protein. Now, you don't have to wait around for a box. For years, we've been talking about Bilt here and Bilt.com. Go online, order. You could still do that at Bilt.com, but now you can just get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. Head to your nearest Walmart today, walk to the pharmacy section, and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up right now a four-bar box of cookies and cream. Ooh, that sounds good. Double chocolate or coconut puffs. And if you're close to a Sam's Club, run in, grab a 13-bar box, the big box of the hit flavors, brownie batter and churro. You can thank me later. Try kind of back with you again here on Lockdown Hawkeyes. Thanks for making Lockdown Hawkeyes your first listen every day. Hit that subscribe button on YouTube as we work to get up to 2,000 before March Madness. Every click helps. It'll just take you a moment. I'll give you a moment. There you go. Good job. Thank you. We appreciate it here. So mentioned some numbers. And one of the biggest numbers that has been talked about, and a talking point that I hear from a lot of the people that believe that everything is all well and good, that I'm an idiot for thinking that Brian Ferentz isn't good at his job. He knows more football than I ever will, and that's absolutely right. There's no doubt about it. But I see incompetency when I watch the way that he calls games, what we've seen numbers-wise. One of the big talking points, though, is Iowa, the way that they are built. 
And the way that football has evolved is teams continue to go faster and faster. They play continually one of the slowest paces in the country. When you look at tempo numbers, they are year after year one of the slowest teams in place per game. That is also towards the low end, though they have picked up the pace in past years, really about a decade ago, they started to do that at a better pace, knowing when Northwestern's running 90 plays a game and you're running 52, uh, the math doesn't work, doesn't work out. Even with that, though, they still are one of the slowest paced teams in the country. And, and I'm told, you know, when you throw out the numbers, yards per game, it's not fair. It's not fair for the way that Iowa plays and the way they defense first, all these things. I get that. And, and it's true. Do I cherry pick a time those numbers? Yes, because they're awful. Brian Ferentz, six years. This is what he's finished in total offense. 117th, 92nd, 99th, 88th, the high water mark, 124th, and of course last year, 130th. So those numbers aren't great, right? Right. Well, here's a number that takes away pace, that takes away tempo, that just looks at what you're doing when you have the ball. And if you run 47 plays or if you run 107 plays. This is going to tell you how you're moving the football. It's not about how many plays you get off. It's not running up and down the field. It is taking another look at things. It is yards per play. 101st, 91st, 86th, 86th, 120th, and 129th. Awful. Absolutely awful. No two ways about it. Those are awful numbers. And anybody else over six years, they would not be here. Here's a tweet for you. This is from David Eichel, 24-7 Sports. Love David and the work that he does over there. Does a great job. 85 teams in Division One average at least 25 points per game. 82 of them qualified for bowl games. This basically says Iowa is striving to be less than average. Brian Farron's contract has been amended. And then there's a story there back below it. There, there's other things to get to here and other things that just leave you absolutely scratching your head of of how we could possibly have got to this point. So another one of my friends on the beat, Tom Caker, and Tom and I go around and around and we disagree on plenty of things. I've been right majority of the time, but yes, we disagree from time to time. I really do like Tom, but there's something that Tom tweeted out yesterday that just left me scratching my head. It was this. I get that some folks say 25 points per game is a low bar, but Iowa is 55-3. and three. That was a Kirk talking point. The last eight years when they scored 24 points per game and 25-0 and 0 when they scored 24 points or more in the last four seasons. Objective is winning games, and based on those numbers, 25 would do that at a high level. They would. That, those numbers are absolutely right. Here's a frustrating part. The other part is those losses, the losses that have piled up. And during that run, they have lost 23 times. What of those times did they lose by scoring 25 points or more? One time. Basically, for all intents and purposes, one time in the six years with Brian Ferentz as the offensive coordinator, the defense didn't hold up their end of the deal. It was against Purdue. They lost 38-36. One time in six years, the defense didn't pull their weight. During that time, with those same numbers, they lost 22 of them. 22 losses, one when the offense did more than we anticipate, 25 points per game. It's absolutely crazy. It's absolutely crazy. One time you can point to. And yet, Kirk, when he talks about him, he wants to look, lump, Phil, and Brian together. It just doesn't work. It just doesn't work. Some more for you here. 
Uh, let's see. What else do we got on the list? Oh, there's plenty. There are plenty of things here with this Iowa team. So we got big picture stuff. We'll get to that in a moment. We talked about the yards per play. Um, here's another one. 25 points. That objective that we're looking to hit for this year. It's an average. Iowa this year is going to take on two bad teams. Two bad teams. Western Michigan is going to be on the schedule. And Utah State. Utah State gave up 31 points per game last year. Western Michigan, 25 and a half. And then you got Michigan State. They gave up 27 a year ago. Purdue gave up almost 30 a game. Northwestern gave up 28 a contest. Rutgers gave up 31. Nebraska gave up 28 and a half. We're talking about an average. And all it takes is one, two, maybe three dominating performances. They go out week one, beat Utah State. 42-10. And they beat Western Michigan 45-17. And we're just talking about an average. If you pile it all together, over the course of the regular season, 12 regular season games, that's 300 points. And we'll have a tote board, right? There's going to be somebody on, on Twitter that's going to be keeping track on this. There's going to be people on the message boards that are going to have a rundown of where they are every other week and then what it's going to take to get rid of Brian. Just get rid of this absolute tumor on Iowa football. It's divisive, it's frustrating, and it's our reality. But it's an average. A couple of good games. And it doesn't tell the whole story. Now, here's the other part. We're talking about these numbers. And during that time, they haven't scored 25 points or more in 38 of the 74 games that he's been the offensive coordinator. Less than half the time, as he hit that number, 48.7% of the time, he's even got to 25 points or more in a game. But again, we're not talking about number of games. If they would have said that, if they would have said he needs to hit 25 points or more in half the games, I think that would have been a better way to look at this. But again, we're talking about an average. And we're going to see suddenly in the fourth quarter games when we know Kirk puts it on cruise control. We got the victory locked up. We're going to run the football. We're going to punt. We're going to play defense and special teams. We're going to do our thing. And we're going to get out of there. And we're going to escape with a 27-7 win. Oh, no more. Not with his boy out there. No, no, no. They'll be chucking it around in the fourth quarter. They'll be patting those stats. And most importantly, they'll be getting the ball into the end zone. How much better is that red zone offense going to be this year, knowing that this metric is out there? Now, ultimately for us as Hawkeye fans, that's a good thing, right? We want them to be better. We got Sophie's choice. We want to see them win games, and they're going to win games. They're going to be better offensively. We've talked about this. With the addition of a competent quarterback, with the addition of a couple of offensive linemen, with at least a wide receiver coming in to help out in Seth Anderson, a great tight end room. They're going to be better offensively. They can't be worse. They are going to be better, and they're going to hit these benchmarks easily. I mean, if this thing, if it falls short of those numbers, well, look out. And if they do, let's play another one. Iowa goes, nice season, 9-3. and three. Does get to the championship game. Final year of the Big Ten West, don't get it done. But they have 9-3. and three. And they average 23.8 points per game. Don't get to the 25. Still a point short of it. And bowl game, same thing. They, they win 23-17, whatever. Okay. But Brian's fired. His contract is terminated because of the terms of this amendment. 
Kirk Ferentz is done. He's walking away. And that's another part I think we have to prepare for. Kirk Ferentz, if this plays out in that fashion, not a disaster here, not things falling apart, but they have a good, solid season. Not an elite season, not a great season, but they fall short. Kirk Ferentz is going to walk away. I truly believe that. He is going to walk away from this program. It's not the way that this should end. It's not the way that his career should end. And it shouldn't be the memory that we have of him. Well, he wanted to have his son on his staff. We're talking big picture when we continue here on Locked On Hawkeyes. Taking a look at the big picture of what the future of Iowa football is and what it can be. This is a bad look for the athletic department. It's a frustrating look for a lot of us out there. Yet here we are. Today's episode of the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel Super Bowl. I'm ready for it. I'm sure you are as well. The only app you're going to need for your Super Bowl party is FanDuel. America's number one sports book. We're about our new sports betting partner for Lockdown. They're the number one sports book in America. It's FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's awesome because there's so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. You can download the FanDuel app right now and you can bet on Super Bowl 57 with a no sweat first bet. How about this? You're going to get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything for the money line. The point spreads one and a half. Currently the number out there. Who's going to score a touchdown? Do you like Travis Kelsey? Maybe you're a Miles Sanders guy. Could be Jalen Hurts getting to the end zone. Or you can deep dive and go a little bit deeper and try to find something fun over there. That is what you can do over at FanDuel. The FanDuel Sportsbook app is safe, secure, and super easy to use. Best of all, you get paid your winnings instantly. I love that part of it. Dealt with some sportsbooks in the past. Not always the case. Or you start winning and you're waiting for that check for quite a while. Not the case with FanDuel. Join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to claim your no sweat for bet on Super Bowl 57. Again, FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sports partner of the NFL. Try kind of back with you one final time here on LockedOn Hawkeyes. So, we're talking about Kirk. We're talking about the way this plays out. And if it doesn't play out in a positive fashion, I think it might be over. And that sucks. It sucks. I have I lost some respect for Kirk Ferentz here over the last couple of years and the way this has played out. I have. As a football coach, not as a person, not, not as a man. Because ultimately, Kirk Ferentz is like a lot of people are, I'm sure. He's putting family before his job. Now, he married the two together. He put them together, first of all, just bring, bring, bringing Brian back in any role. It's becoming a family business. We're seeing multiple family members on the coaching staff. But he's putting family first. He's not putting Iowa football first. And I will tell you, there are a lot of coaches out there that won't do that. You can say it's right. You can say it's wrong. But that is what he is doing. It's tarnishing his legacy and what we think about him. Valley's family, having his oldest son, have a safe landing spot when it ends. That's what he's hoping for. Trying to find a spot with litigation still hanging over his head. You have that component. And instead of Iowa football, it what happens on the field, the way it looks, well, it's about family. And that's great as a person. 
I'm just not sure that's who you want as a football coach. Get later in life, the emotions get him. He's always been an emotional guy. I respect the hell out of Kirk Ferentz as a person. As a football coach, though, that's what makes this tough. And last week, talking about, I've never fired an offensive coach, and I don't plan on doing it now. I've never fired a coordinator, excuse me, and I don't plan on doing it now. We fired coaches in the past. And you've never been in a spot like this. Ken O'Keefe was much maligned. And, of course, we look back at the numbers and say, boy, how wrong were we? You look at Greg Davis, he wasn't good. Brian Ferentz has gone to another level of bad. We've talked about the numbers. We've gone around and around here. Prepare for Kirk to walk away. Because if they get to that point, and ultimately Brian has to be fired because of this amendment, I don't think Kirk comes back. I think he rides off to the sunset. Maybe him and Brian coach high school coach somewhere. He can be the offensive line coach. He can get back to his roots. I'm not exactly sure. But it's something we have to prepare for. This is a tough one today. Another one. There's been a lot of these. Iowa football has had opportunities. They have had chances. This program, as good as it's been. And you hate to wish away the success that this program has had during the 24 years of Kirk Ferentz, the way that he has rebuilt the program a multitude of different times. And it can still happen again. And come this spring, spring football is going to be there. I'm going to be excited because I believe this team is going to be better. But what I keep coming back to is this. Iowa football, as good as it's been, it should have been better. We should have been celebrating this. We should be talking about a program, not on the fringes of the top 25 year after year, but at another level. And not winning Big Ten championships every year, not going to the college football playoff, but a breakthrough moment to get those years, 2002, 2009, 2015, to have one of those. The pieces were in place during this six-year run to have that happen, to have one of those special years, to have those years that I sit and talk to my three-year-old son about. And I tell Jack all about what's happening and those great teams and talk about the players and talk about the moments and show them highlights. I do those things. A, because I'm a weirdo, but secondly, because that's part of being a fan, right? And having a kid and having the opportunity to talk about that. We should have had another one of those years. I should have been able to enjoy that with my daughter, with my son, but we haven't. That's being a fan. It's a little corny. It's a little nerdy. And that's me sometimes. That's what we were robbed of, of having Brian Ferentz as an offensive coordinator. He's not good at his job, but he'll be back for 2023. A 2023 that sets up incredibly well. The road trip early to Penn State's going to be a bear. Penn State is going to be really, really good next year. And they're always good. They're going to be better next season. They have a chance to have a difference maker at the quarterback position with a young gun coming in. They got dudes all up and down that roster. They're going to be really good. That's going to be tough. Outside of that, a lot of winnable games again on the schedule. A lot of chances to put 25 points up. They're going to hit those benchmarks. And we'll probably go through the song and dance again next offseason. But ultimately, let's hope for that. Let's hope for that. We want to see Iowa do well. Prove us wrong. All right. We got to get out of here. Thanks for making Lockdown Hawkeyes your first listen each and every day. 
Busy week again. We got uh, coming up later in the week. LaShawn's going to stop by. LaShawn Daniels, former Hawkeye running back. We're going to talk about all this the last week of what's been going on in the world of Hawkeyes and get his perspective as a former Iowa Hawkeye player. My buddy Biz, he's also going to stop in. We got a podcast for you coming. We'll preview the Purdue game. Get ready for that one on Thursday. Of course, a huge women's game as well as they will face off against number two ranked Indiana now. Of course, they gave the Buckeyes their first loss early this season. Did the Iowa ladies. Only one loss on the ledger so far for the Hoosiers. Another road tilt there. Caitlin Clark and company will make their way to Bloomington, which should be a huge matchup. Unfortunately, on Thursday, games basically play at the same time. 5.30 tip-off for the women, 6 o'clock for the men. Be a little back and forth, but we'll have you covered and we'll get ready for both of those matchups again. Biz later in the week. And then on Friday, a special episode coming your way. We're going to break down the future of Iowa basketball, talk some recruiting stuff. Our recruiting analyst here on Lockdown is going to stop in. We're going to get a breakdown of that as well. That'll do it for today. Again, thanks for making Lockdown Hawkeyes your first listen each and every day. Make sure you check out our brand new podcast. It's Lockdown College Basketball. Everything you need to know about college hoops all in one spot. You can hear from all big names, our experts, insiders, coaches, players. They have it all locked on college basketball available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. We're going to get through this. I'm going to be frustrated. We'll go around and around. Just don't make us feel stupid. We know what's going on here. Another frustrating aspect of this one. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. Go Hawks.